Welcome to Catch Outdoors. I'm your host, Captain Rob Modis. This podcast is about living and playing in the great outdoors, especially way down this way in the most southern region of the continental U.S., the Florida Keys. Catch Outdoors is hosted by Spotify and also brought to you by your favorite podcast network. So kick back and get a taste of my Florida. This week's episode of Catch you Outdoors is number 126, titled, Fishing is Hard. <laughs> no, it's not. If you have time to practice and perhaps a fishing mentor or two. Uh, hello, all. Uh, good morning, afternoon, evening, depending on when you're listening to this uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I got my, my wish after complaining about the weird winter we were having down here in the Keys, uh, Yesterday's high was in the low 80s. Across the island, Sunday will be muggy, and it has been. I'm recording this on Sunday, so I'm kind of speaking tense and past tense. But uh, yeah, um, it started out muggy and warm this morning, and now we've had just an absolute ton of rain um, and storms and lightning and, and wind. Yay! <laughs> Kind of more like summer, though. It, it has not cooled off, although I believe it's going to by tomorrow. So, Yes, anyway, so this is Sunday afternoon. Hope this finds you well on Tuesday, release day of the podcast. There's another cold front headed this way. I'm so excited. Uh, but, but not as bad as the last several have been, I will say that. Um, a bit wind of wind tomorrow on Monday. Well, that's my tomorrow. This is already passed for you. Gosh, this is confusing. It would be nice if I could do these on Tuesdays, but as soon as they finish constructing the house next door, I might actually be able to pull that off on Monday afternoons. Um, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, I think it's going to settle after that. So uh, Monday, which is already passed for you, uh, is going to be a, a, a drizzly kind of clearing type day until later in the day. The wind is still going to blow out of the north. And then by Tuesday, when you're listening to this, I think it's going to settle down. Um, highs and lows for the week, upcoming week, <clears throat> excuse me, are Tuesday 70 is the high with 55 low. Wednesday 71 and 56. Thursday 72 and 58. Friday 76 and 67. So you can kind of see a pattern there. And then uh, looking out in the future with the National Weather Service, looks like the following weekend may have more of the same, but not quite as crazy as this front was. So we shall see. Um, the front, the front this today, Sunday, as I'm recording this, they, they shut down a lot of stuff today. The, uh, the outside bars, outside music, uh, festivals of any kind uh, really had a problem. I would imagine the last day of the Miami Boat Show was going on today. As a matter of fact, I didn't hear any reports from that, but I'll bet that put a real dent in the uh, in the afternoon time up there because the, it was storming pretty good. I saw a gust of 67 miles an hour. Uh, I have a I have a program on my phone that shows me um, uh, cyclonic weather when. Foreboding, basically. You don't want to be out there when this crap happens. So this one showed a couple of startling uh, 64, 67, and a 72 mile an hour wind, gust winds down uh, down just off of Key West this early this afternoon. So yikes. However, the recent warm-up really helped the water temperatures in the backcountry. As I mentioned last week, the water temp was 65.3 degrees. That was last Thursday. Fishing on Friday, uh, this Friday, the temps were 72.5. 
and the bite was much better. More about that in a minute or two. So really happy to see that happen. Tides are improving this week, and the moon, yeah, the moon's getting bigger. That's the big thing. <laughs> Yay! The moon's getting bigger as it rolls towards full on the 24th of February. That ought to help a lot. We're going to have cool mornings once again, as I've already told you, 50s, high 50s to very low 60s, uh, and then it should stay above 70 for the rest of the day, um, <clears throat> and lots and lots of sunshine. Um, the tides are coming this week are mostly early morning lows and afternoon highs in the backcountry and just the opposite of that on the patcheries. I know that's a little confusing for people, but um, it takes a while for the water to come in from the Atlantic and pour through what few cuts we have up this way, especially uh, before it fills up the back. So the tides are almost opposite. If you are going in the Atlantic, for example, you'll have early morning highs going to low. Um, by afternoon. So it'll be exact opposite of what's happening in the backcountry. And boy, that's hard to teach. I had to draw all kinds of charts on on maps and things on, on blackboards. And and then I graduated to whiteboards. <laughs> you remember when they had blackboards in school? When I started teaching my classes, there were blackboards at the school. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I think the fishing is going to be great. I really do. The moon's going to move it a lot, a lot of water around uh, between now and the 24th. And uh, you have those days on either side of that, too, the three days before the 24th and after. So you have basically a week of really highly concentrated good tides, regardless of when you go, just as long as you're not fishing on the, uh, on the, uh, you know, the neap tide. You don't, you don't want to be on the slack. You want to make sure you're on moving water. So, um, Which isn't quite as important on the patch reefs I've found over the past year and a half of fishing out there. The patch reefs will do pretty well. And you can tell it slows down, but there will still be fish biting. So it's just not as easy as when the water's moving. Um, anyway, I made it out on Friday. Fishing report here for you. And worked two new areas. Part of my continuing exploration of the gazillion miles of water in the Florida Bay. Um, gosh, I mean, really and truly, I feel, I feel like I've barely put a, a dent on it. Two out of three stops produce fish, but mostly kudas, jacks, and a few mangrove snapper. It was still good, though. No snook, no tarpon. I didn't really expect it. Uh, I didn't see a lot of bait around yet. The water has just warmed up, but, but what that usually does is the barracuda go pretty crazy. And I got a couple of nice barracuda. And then the jacks. And the mangrove snappers start showing up again in the bushes. They're there. They're just really reluctant to eat much uh, when it's cooler. So as soon as that water temperature just bumps a bit. Um, and there was just a little bit of that rain bait around, the little baby bait, I call it. So um, that helped a lot. Um, but no snook and no poons. And mainly because there was, I didn't see any white bait. And I didn't see any mullet this time around either. At least if I, Yeah, I did see some in one spot, but it wasn't worth the trouble. Um, the new spots I picked were radically new places i had not fished before one of them paid off pretty good one of my lost a snook so i did hook one um and the second one i got the biggest daggone jack i've caught back there almost seven pounds on the boga grip uh that was great and i got to see him strike it too the water's clear enough now where you can sight cast and i put this lure out there and i and i got to watch him take the swipe at it and take off with it so there's nothing better than that. Well, there's something better than that. Top water. If somebody smacks a top water, that might be a tad more exciting. But um, but that was really cool. It was nice to see. Uh, but again, the bait, is, the bait is still an issue. So water quality was beautiful in the back. Good visibility, like I said, for sight casting. Just enough color in it to keep the fish from spotting me. 
as long as I use longer cast, uh, and that's usually the case back there, you, you start to realize that you cannot get real close to the mangroves. You're going to have to make some monster cast to get to get to fish. Um, let's see. I use the artificial gulp swimming mullet. Duh. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that before. I use both white and the pink this time, and, and both worked pretty well. Um, and then for a little while, I, I used the Rapala twitching mullet. That's a hard bait. Um, uh, it has a nice wiggle to it. It suspends the one. I usually get the suspending ones. Uh, I don't want them to go completely to the bottom, and I don't want them to float. Uh, and these are neat, too, because they come with single hooks on them instead of trebles, and I really like that. It's much easier to release a fish. Um, <clears throat> the one I was using was, um, uh, it looks like a uh, uh, pilcher. Pretty much it's pilcher is what it is. Um, and very, very, very well-made uh, uh, imitation. Very, a great imitation. Really does look like a pilcher in the water. It's really remarkable what they're doing now with hard baits. Um, that was another jacket that, not the big one. The big one hit the soft plastic, but the midsize. I got a one that was about maybe two pounds. And that one uh, hit the, uh, the twitch of mullet. And then a couple of cudas. And that's what makes me nervous. Then I got to bring them back in, put a little piece of wire on them. When I get in an area where the cudas are kind of thick, I don't want to lose a... Eight nine dollar lure, boohoo! Another thing that was really weird about the back uh, area that I was in, the, the different areas, and I saw a manatee for the first time back there. I have not seen a manatee back there all winter long, so I just assumed the water was too cool and they'd gone further up into the glades, up into the creeks that we are not allowed to go in. There, there, there are a lot of creeks, but there, there are signs out that won't allow boats back there anymore into Everglades National Park. Another boohoo, <laughs> but anyway. That's what happens when people abuse the the uh, honor of getting back there, and then they do something stupid. So, um, but the water must have warmed enough for the manatee to come out, or it was just plain getting hungry, and it was coming out to the grass beds. But that was pretty. That was a shock. I have not seen one around all of a sudden this thing. And when it popped up, it you know it did the that snort right behind me and scared the bejeebers out of me. I wasn't sure what it was. So fishing was good. And I'm looking forward to this week. I'm not sure. I'm looking at the weather. It may the winds may calm down uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Wednesday, Thursday. So I'm going to try to get at least one day on the water, even if it does cool off. I still like going back and looking around. Uh, my trip um, that I just took, I did 48 miles on the boat. So I did a lot of looking and exploring, and it opens up whole new areas. And I like doing that. I really do. It's uh, for me. It's uh, it's therapeutic, is what it is. It's it's therapeutic. All right, some keys happening as I move along here. Captain happenings as I move along. This past Saturday, uh, the Upper Keys uh, Garden Club held their annual garden walk. And those of you who have listened to me or been around me long enough, you know how much I like gardening. I am not one to miss that. I went last year and it was it was great. Really got some great ideas. And the same same this year. Learned a lot. When you like to do the plant thing, it's fun to get ideas from other gardeners. Um, it's a great hobby. Uh, cause it keeps you outdoors and moving. And especially around here in the winter time, when you can't fish, you can still garden. I mean, you can still get out there and, and do your thing in the garden. A few of the places that were really interesting, they had the St. Justin's prayer garden, which was located at the St. Justin, uh, martyr church. It's a beautiful Catholic church. Great, big Catholic, right? When you come on the Island, it's on your right. You can't miss it right before the wind Dixie. I will say this, uh, I loved going in, into the church itself. It had some of the most amazing stained glass I have ever seen. So I took some pictures. I'll probably post it on the Catch Outdoors page. Uh, I usually try to give some accompanying pictures when I when I uh, 
put the podcast up after Tuesday. Usually on Wednesday, I'll, I'll get that done, and I'll try to put a picture of the stained glass. That was really amazing. Their garden was absolutely beautiful. Uh, one of my favorite gardens was called the Bromeliad Fairyland. Uh, and I, I am getting ready to do a big switch and put more bromeliads in the yard because they need very little care. They don't care if it gets cool, and they don't care if it gets hot. And they tolerate sunshine or lack thereof. Um, and there are zillions of them to pick from. And this particular garden was absolutely loaded with all different kinds. And I really enjoyed that. Um, that was on a road that ended in Blackwater Sound. So it was a road that I had not been down to the end of before. That's another cool thing about going on these. You get to go into some neighborhoods that you otherwise might not go on. Palm Paradise was the third house we visited. This was a mansion. Uh, it was it was gorgeous. It had a, a beautiful pool. And then alongside the pool, you had, I, I'm going to call it the party room. You had a, a the pool kitchen, pool bathroom, pool shower, um, a sit-around big screen television. And that had no, nothing to do with the house. This was just for the guests so they could go out to the pool and not have to traipse through the house with wet feet or looking for food or looking for stuff out of the refrigerator. It had a, had a bunch of really cool palm trees there. I like that a lot. Crustacean Plantation. That, that, this is really an interesting one. This is a big property uh, in Tavernier. And uh, it's, it's yardage, basically. I mean, it's almost acreage. Uh, I'd say probably probably a half just looking. I'm not really sure about the measurement. But um, there are absolutely tons of um, crabs there. Um, hermit crabs, land crabs. And they're all around the back of the property. There's all this, you know, whenever you have really rocky area near near mangrove islands uh, and almost no water, you know, and not a real high enough water for tide, you get lots and lots of hermit crabs. And um, this guy has just made a big deal of it. If you go online to, to Facebook and do a search on the crustacean plantation, you'll find a whole host of posts. Uh, it's really interesting. Um People donate shells. They, they ship them to him from all over the place uh, because hermit crabs, as they grow, they move from shell to shell, from small to large. He had an abundance of shells in the yard already. Uh, and there was an area where you could basically just sit on a chair and watch these little boogers run around. And then eventually a little guy will hop out of a shell and test another shell. Um, I just I thought that was really, really cool. I did not know this. Hermit crabs can live to be 50 years of age. So that's a, that's a lot of growing. And last but not least was the Casa Arboleda, which translates to treehouse. Um, and it was beautiful. It really was. It's basically comprised three lots. It was. This is actually only a few blocks from us. It's just on the other side of the cross canal that runs through Key Largo. So this one was on Shoreline Drive in Key Largo. Um, really great plantings. Lots of fun stuff around to look at. Interesting plants. Interesting smelly plants, which I like. I like those. I like the perfumey stuff. And they also had a hardwood hammock right next door to them. It was part of one of the lots was a hardwood hammock, which is the same thing that surrounds our house. So it was really interesting to talk to people about that and see it. So the Garden Walk was a hit. If you're ever down here during this time of year, um, this was, hang on, it's on the cover. This was the 43rd year that they've done the Garden Walk. And it's very well put together, and I really, really enjoy it. Love, I love talking to other gardeners, like talking about what they do. And it's kind of like talking to fishing dudes, I'll be honest with you. Um, these people are absorbed in it, and I just happen to like both. I happen to like fishing and, and doing the garden thing. We got a new Publix. We got a brand new Publix. Opened this past week. It was amazing. 
<laughs> frightening, I guess is a better word for me. Um, it replaces the oldest original Publix here in the Keys. Uh, that was the one right down the road from us here in Key Largo. That's the original in the Keys. Um, and the new one is, is as you would expect, the biggest daggone thing you've ever seen. And I've been in a lot of new Publix. Uh, Fort Myers had a couple built while I was there. Uh, and, of course, Fort Lauderdale had a huge one that I went to. But this this was bigger. And I was amazed that they could actually make one bigger, but they did. Um, everything you'd ever want in there. Uh, we went over there on Saturday, which was probably a huge mistake. <laughs> Everybody and their brother is here. This is a three-day weekend. Okay, when I'm, I'm telling you right now, this is Sunday of a three-day. Monday's a holiday, too. President's Day. So, um, But I was surprised with the amount of cars in the parking lot and the inability to find parking, having to park you know, behind the store, actually. Um, we got inside, there was still room, uh, to shop and move around. So that'll give you an idea how big it was. Um, and lots of goodies, um, things that we didn't have in the old Publix and some items that we had looked for, but couldn't find were suddenly there. So the selection is much, much broader and wider. Uh, the fish section, sushi section, meat section was larger. There, it was really amazing how much more you could put in a store that size and, but intimidating, it'll be a while. I'll have to do some I'm the shopper typically. Janelle will pick up a few things every now and then, but I typically try to go once a week. And it, that's going to require time now, baby. I'm going to get my steps in for my exercise, so no doubt about that. After the garden walk and before Publix, uh, Janelle and I went to lunch, late lunch, uh, at a place called Meat, M-E-A-T, a small eatery and tap room in uh, Isla Mirada. It's in one of the strip uh, shopping centers. You'd miss it if you weren't looking for it. And we were looking for it and found it. <laughs> it had gotten written up, or not written up, it had gotten a uh, uh, play in uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and, and Dives on the Food Network. And Jonelle had heard about it. And so I'm, yeah, you know, she knows how much I like a burger. And they're known for their quality hamburger uh, dishes. And so I said, yeah, why, why not? Let's do lunch. Um, and we knew that the Lorelei was going to be absolutely packed with tourists. So this would be a whole lot easier than going out and trying to get something at the Lorelei. So delicious burgers. I will tell you right now, um, we both had the double Nancy pants. I just love the name of the burger with cheese. <laughs> Very good. I love a good burger. I mean, amongst all the fish places down here, you know, this is right up with the best of a hamburger shop. You know, I just it, when you when you are tired of fish and you don't want fish or you've had enough fish and you just want to go get a good burger, which is what I do. Um, that this one was right up at the very very top. And as a matter of fact, I found out later that they had been voted number one, the number one burger in the Keys, like for 2022 last year. And for the past eight years, they've received all kinds of awards for their foods. Um, so if you're if you're in the area, like I've said. Ala Mirada, uh, be sure to check it out. It's called Meat, M-E-A-T. And uh, it was certainly worth the stop and yum, yum. So I'm hoping the title got your attention. Uh, fishing is hard. I heard that. That's I, As soon as the guy said it, I, I put it in my phone in the notepad. I just wrote it down. Fishing is hard. And then we got to talking, you know, and uh, he, he already knew that I was a retired captain, but he was, he was, he was, spilling his guts <laughs> he was telling me that he really liked the idea had the time to do it but he just it was hard he just could not figure it out and so i just 
thought it was he even said i can't fish too not only say fishing was hard he says i just can't fish and i'm thinking no 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 you live in the keys and if you really want to do it you must figure it out and um and that comes from a background of books, book writing by me and classes and radio shows and everything where I did everything I could to help instruct people on fishing, this podcast as well. And um, so we had a nice discussion about it. And I picked up little bits and pieces about he's he's pretty normal. I mean, it was kind of like he's tried and tried and he just can't get it together. And I got to thinking about it afterwards, and I the, I guess the number one recommendation I can make to anybody that's interested in fishing is find a mentor. Find somebody to go out with. Um, get a friend, a neighbor, anybody. And, and you're not asking for their super secret spots. You're asking them for technique. You're asking them, what, what do I do? I mean, what kind of rod and reel do I need? What kind of line do I use? How do you tie a knot? All the really basic, basic stuff that most people are afraid of even trying when they go fishing. I can't imagine living here and not fishing here. I mean, I know a lot of people are like that, but I just can't imagine it. And it's it's kind of like why would you why would you come here and you can't and you don't eat seafood? I know, I know, I know. There are a lot of people out there who don't like seafood. That's okay. But you know, although I have heard people say I don't like seafood, but I'll eat shrimp, or I don't like shrimp, but I'll try I'll try uh, scallops or something like that. I'm like, really? That's that's kind of unusual. Um, yeah. So. And also, why would you live here if you can't stand 90 degrees in the shade? Or as the book's titled, 92 in the shade. <laughs> and that's true, man. In August and September, if you don't like the heat, woof, getting out of the kitchen isn't going to help. <laughs> Not here. But this so you can't fish kind of thing really struck me. And, and it's hard to fish kind of thing struck me because it's really not. Um, fishing is so basic. And what I think, I think people see things on TV. That's what this gentleman was talking about. They watch a lot of shows and stuff, but they don't glean much from it because the shows are not terribly instructive. Um, we only have a few that I really follow that I think do a great job of telling you, you know, how to fish and how and what to do on the water. And those shows come and go too. There aren't there aren't as many of them around as there used to be. And so it's it's I don't know. It really it really kind of struck me. It really did. So find a friend. Uh, or find somebody close that likes to fish and likes you, <laughs> can hang out with you. You'd be, you'd be surprised. You can also attend seminars. I mean, probably one of the best way to meet other anglers. Okay, so you, so you, have, no, you have no idea what you're doing, right? Okay, so you go to a meeting of a fishing club. You're not a member, but the, you get to go. And during the meeting, you can bravely announce that you have no idea what you're doing. And most other fishermen love that. They love to be helpful. That's what we do. Not just one like myself that was a guide. I'm talking about just fishermen in general. They are all very, very helpful people and love to share knowledge and love to help you figure out how to get out there and catch a fish. So don't ever feel like you can't do it. Um, let's see. Hire a guide. I've always mentioned that. That'll be mentioned again in the new book. Sometimes it just comes down to the point where you need to hire a guide. You need to go out with somebody knowledgeable. But when you do, be careful who you hire. You, you have to ask questions. There are guides that do not want to teach. There are guides that simply want to take you out, put you on the fish, which is a good thing, and assume that you know what you're doing when you get out there. They do not want to give instruction. Remember, they might holler at you if you miss a fish. That's not cool in my book, but it happens. 
So you need to tell the person that you want to go out with, look, I, I want to go out with you, but I need some instruction. I really need to learn how to do this. Can you do that? And you'll either get a yes or a no. And if you get the yes, there you go. It doesn't mean he's going to take you to the super duper fishing grounds because he probably doesn't want you to know anything about it since you're planning on fishing. Um, so they tend to be more shy about that. And you usually get the question, do you own a boat? And if you say yes, then you're really going to go to the, <laughs> the really weak spots. So just be aware of that. Um, and don't lie. They'll see you <laughs> in their spot later. And that will not be good for you. Um, instruction wise, you know, like I said, the seminars and teaching and stuff like that is really, really good. Hanging out at clubs. If something comes up, there's like a fishing show or a boat show. You'd be surprised how much information you can glean at a boat show around here, especially in the Keys or anywhere in Florida for that matter. Um, so don't be afraid to tell people that you don't know how to do it. And don't be afraid to say that you can't catch fish. Hell, I go out on days when I feel like I can't catch fish. You just, you know, the, 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 the stars just don't align or whatever. You know, the tide's not right. The water temperature's not right. And, and the funny thing is, I know that, but a novice doesn't. A novice has no idea what he or she is doing wrong. Um, I've met a lot of people down here, too, who have no fishing in their background, um, which also surprises me. Um, there are a lot of gentlemen here whose father never took them fishing. And I, over the years, I have found um, quite a few women whose father or grandfather took them fishing. Uh, but with the guys, dad didn't do it. And I don't know if that's because dad was working and didn't have the time for it. Although I, you can always find time, as they say. But uh, life was different. You know, as, you, as, you, as you're growing up, things happen. Like they get busy, you get busy. And of course, all of a sudden you grow up and you leave home. And then that's the end of that. So, But work to find a mentor. Work to find a friend or, or somebody who, who loves fishing, who's not afraid to help you partake in it. And down here in the Keys, that should not be difficult. So... I just want to wish you luck. That popped into my head, and I wanted to get it out there and just say, don't give up. You know, if you're not catching fish, you don't understand what's going on, don't give up. There's always somebody out there that can help you. And it's a sport that, that I mean, I love it. It's a mind eraser. I go out and go fishing. I, like I said, I did 48, 49 miles the other day in the boat. That was wonderful. <laughs> I just didn't have to think about anything. But where am I going? What area do I want to fish? You know, you don't, there's just no worries. And that's what's really cool about getting out there and fishing. That's one of the best, that's one of the pluses, I think. Before I jump into um, useless information, I had a couple questions about uh, the book. Yes, it's coming. Yes, it's, it's really, it's doing great. Janelle happens to be sitting down there right this minute editing some of the last chapters. So, yay. Um, she's been busy and it's been tough. So she's finally getting to that part. Uh, pictures are captioned. And all, it, all it's down to now is putting it together and getting it out the door to the publisher. So yay. Uh, my new song is being worked on. I just got a, I just got a copy of it. Of, uh, it's not the finished product. It's basically with all the uh, instrumentation and all that stuff done, bass, drums, guitar, all that. Um, and it's, it's, it sounds great. Of course, my song, of course, it sounds great. <laughs> no others go, that sounds great. So that makes me feel good. Uh, vocals will go on it this week, and hopefully we'll get it out here in the next week or two. And as soon as we do, I will let you all know. But I have gotten a few notes about that, and I just I haven't forgotten. I've been, you know, been working on it. So anyway, so I think it's time for useless information. And now, from the original book of useless information... You are a reject! You are useless! You can get a job down here cleaning toilets! Here's your host, Captain Rob Modis. Well, he swears up and down he's useless. But, uh... He might be all right eventually, but 
completely useless. With useless information. And here we go. Number one, for those that haven't heard this, I do three, sometimes four. I get rambunctious. Number one, uh, a note by me, the podcasted. <laughs> Native Keys folks are called conks. That's spelled C-O-N-C-H and not pronounced concha. The useless information part of this is a conchologist studies mollusks and shells. Unless maybe or maybe not. I've... I've Conchologist. I had not heard that before. Number two, when your sink is full, the little hole that lets the water drain instead of flowing over the side is called a porcelator. <laughs> okay. Number three. All the letters in the alphabet have only one syllable, except W. It has three. I, there's a bunch of people out there now I know going right now doing the ABCs just to double check me. And I, I did the same thing because I, I, I just could not believe it. But nope, it's true. It's absolutely true. So there you go. That's it for this week. It's fun looking them up. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying it as much as I, I'm learning some things. They call it useless information. And there, by the way, there's about four books now. So uh, this is the original book that Janelle gave me for Christmas years ago. But it's really, it's really wild the things that uh, most people would think of as not being, not being uh, useful. And I think they are. So there you go. Spring's getting closer and closer, folks. March is right around the corner. That brings a reset of clocks. College basketball's March Madness, and hopefully much warmer weather for all but the very northern other areas of the U.S. Y'all hang in there, up that way. It'll get warm soon, I hope. I, I really do. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening, please tell a friend, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Facebook page is Catch Outdoors. Website is catchoutdoors.com, where you can find all the previous podcasts and a schedule of what's to come. Until next time, get outdoors and enjoy.